welcome to Random Movie Generator with myself, David Earl, and David Edwards. How are you, David? Not bad. Thank you very much for asking. I am in top-notch cinematic mode. When aren't you in top-notch cinematic mode? Um... When I'm no longer dreaming and I'm in a deep, deep REM sleep. How often do you think about movies? Um, How often do I think about movies? I would say at least a quarter of the day. I'm being realistic. There's other things. Uh, There's bosses to please. There's family members to try and emotionally connect to. Um, There's, uh, you know time to have your dinner and your lunch and go into a meditative sugar fix having a Kit Kat bar fresh from the vending machine so you do have you know movie bite-sized moments when you're not in cinematic mode but I would say so there's 24 hours in a day um, I would say um, six hours of that time definitely is uh, cinematically focused what's the typical movie thought you might have um that would make a good action sequence you know if you see a juggernaut going past you and perhaps it gets a bit too close to you on the mini roundabout as you're going past tesco's and mcdonald's and you think god i feel as though i was a whiskers uh, a cat whisker away from being in a james cameron movie yeah. that juggernaut just needed to get a few little finger inches closer to me and i'd have been uh, edward furlong john connor being you know sort of uh, Attacked by some kind of like cyborg juggernaut driving disaster. But the thing is, it would have it wouldn't be James Cameron. It'd be like the opening of a Casualty episode, wouldn't it? It'd be more like um, a Grange Hill finale. You know, I'd lose control, go into a hedge, and um, get really bad whiplash as I crash into an oak tree. How often do you walk down the street, imagining just just very briefly that you're the centre of a movie? Oh, a lot. I would say definitely flipping it. Any time I've got to go where it's boring, a supermarket. I definitely think about shootouts in supermarkets a lot. Oh, which, oh that's a bit dark. That's not good. We're talking about um, a closed supermarket. The general public aren't around. Whoa. Everyone's safe and tucked into bed. What? Well, <laughs> Just the boredom of just being in the supermarket, you know, getting the same old groceries. I just Hang think on I a minute. What did you say then? I definitely think about shootouts in supermarkets a lot. In the fancy of my mind, in a John Woo trailer, certainly not wandering as around. In, as in, you're in a movie. Hundred percent. Not as in. Not as a bowling for Columbine nightmare, dystopian disaster. So it'd be very much me as a cop wandering in saving a random movie generator with David. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not planning to massacre my fellow man quite yet. It hasn't got that bad. A real life. I honestly I'd be gutted if you did that, because the pods I'd be like, oh. That's the end of that. Well, we could always do it from prison. Gosh. There was an interesting um articles have appeared this year that um well, there's a California prison, that one of their main California prisons have got a film workshop, and even the prisoners in LA are now making films. And they've what got podcasts? Um, I think they may have a podcast, I don't know. There are prisons that have got podcasts, definitely. 
So if I do completely lose it and wander into Tesco's with a hat, you know, I don't even want to finish that sentence. No. Who I knows? Who knows? I know, no, no. I know, I know. Leets, apologies, apologies. I was thinking of... I was thinking of you walking down the Saturday street with that, but you, you were thinking... Me, um, I would not, fi- I would not fire the first bullet. It'd be fired at Do me. You know what? Let's move on. This is such Let's a move fucking horrible. Horrific, horrific, horrific. <laughs> the music would be ba 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 bum, ba 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 bum. As I'm trench crawling between uh, fridges, boom, 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 and then I'd smash for a large pyramid of satsumas, and then I'm helping all the shoppers out of the supermarket. I can't stress that enough. That's good. It goes into orchestral music, and I'm helping them all out after doing all that. Because I'm I'm um, attacking terrorists and, and deadly individuals. I'm not. I'm there to protect uh, the average man, woman, and beast. Do you know what I mean? Dog, old granny, and toddler. I'm there to protect them. I even take a bloody. I take a bullet in the kneecap. You okay. didn't realise that at the beginning. You actually thought I was just going to wander around spraying. Well, I thought you were a bit. It's like a falling down scenario. No, I didn't really... God, no. Oh, this ain't right. Falling. Okay, this is right. Not falling okay. down at all. I had no idea. This is I am saving the world. I'll get the tannoy on and I'll say, people, get to a fire exit. Because I'm going to do that now. I'll put an effect on your voice. Go. Uh, hello, people of Asda. My name is Dave Edwards. I'm a private detective for the um, for, for Scotland Yard, and um, there is a terrorist by the pizza corner opposite the sushi stand. Uh, just get out, get out, run, grab your kids, because I'm going to be spraying bullets of love. I know that sounds sexual. I didn't mean it to. It sounds like an innuendo. I don't know why. I'm tense. I'm innuendo. on Innuendo. Innuendo. Thank you, Asda assistant. I'm going to be ejaculating. <laughs> Everywhere. 24-7. <laughs> Grab your kids. Bring them. Take them out. I'm going to bring down some Grab terrorists. Grab your kids. Grab your grannies. Because I'm going to be ejaculating all over the store. Absolutely. <laughs> horrific. Get your mops ready. <laughs> Disaster, apocalyptic. It's more apocalyptic than I ever thought. End of days stuff. There's nothing falling down about that, is it? It had an erotic twist. I was no, expecting. It's, it's gone the other way, isn't it? It's too much love for the community. Way too much love. I'm just going to stay at home. Uh, yes, I think I'll go for a Saturday night fever fantasy. I think simple as that. Me on a dis- disco. Um, uh, dance floor with one of those crystals and the crystals mirror balls above my head. No, not a, not a gun in sight. So, did you watch any movies last night? Yes, I saw the new adaptation of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. You don't look impressed, but um, it's it's been reincarnated by or rebooted. Reincarnated sounds more like a voodoo doctor than a film producer, isn't it? It's not reincarnated, it's rebooted by Seth 
um, Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg, the creators of Superbad, uh, Sausage Party. Obviously, um, Seth Rogen worked with uh, Judd Apatow in the early days. So obviously a big comedy draw. And I suppose a bit like what they did with um, Greta Gerwig, with Barbie. They've got this big kind of directorial figure within his own genre. And they said, here's the key to the franchise. See what you can do with it. And don't get me wrong, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I'm not their target audience. I mean, when I sat down, there was a trailer and toy commercial back-to-back for um, Paw Patrol. Do you know what I mean? So it immediately gives you an idea of what audience we're looking at. But considering... I mean, I've seen all the Ninja Turtle films one way or another. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I grew up with it, the Ninja Turtles. So, um... How much... How old are you? I am 45. So I just about was there. I think it was the last kind of big phase. It's got to be said, I was more into the, the marketing of the Turtles, the hype, than being absolutely um, besotted with the concept, if that makes sense. I've got to admit that. But it's got to be said, I'd say it's the best Turtle film I've seen. <laughs> and I, I know, you know, some people are probably thinking, well, Dave, what does that mean? That's like saying it's the best EastEnders episode I've ever seen. But... um it's not bad put together. It's it's a well-written script. I mean, I would say, honest to God, you know, don't get me wrong, it's not our audience. We're both middle-aged men, but I was occupied and engaged. And if I was a kid and I watched it, the animation is very, very good. It's very much Spider-Verse-inspired animation, where it's got that punky, grungy concept art feel to it. And I would say the script is very much um, motivated and pushed along by um, character rather than just obvious set-piece spectacle plot. I'd also say that um, you can definitely tell Seth Rogen's involved. It's got a, a, um, a more, not adult as in um, lewd humour, but at times, you know, more clever humour than you expect. If you sat down and you watched it with your kids, you'd be occupied for the hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, every now and then it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon on the big screen. I mean, there's like a German female character who's very one-dimensional and per- she's the villain. What does she sound feel- like? Literally like this. Hello, turtles. Once again, we meet. I shall suck from your veins the mutant ooze and then collect my own army of mutant villains. Oh, dude, you you need to back off, lady. We're, we're just teenage turtles, and it just kind of just devo- uh, you know um, regresses into Saturday morning cartoon rubbish. But when it's good, did you go with Ryan? I certainly did. And what were you eating? I was. Now this is an interesting one in the mm. sense that the Tesco's in Chichester. Not that I'm I'm sponsored by them, but they've. Yeah, um, you are. Just reveal it. Just, I want to know. We're in talks. That's the reality. We're, we're in talks at the moment. I think after my supermarket uh, Where is the Tesco's, scenario. Tesco's in Chichester? Because I'd love to just have a look and see where you get your little treats um, from. Do you know the, the road? Or? I think it's Fishbourne Road, it's called. Fishbourne I could be wrong about that. Road. Chichester. It's just before you go on the motorway. Tesco's. Oh, oh, I think I, I think I know where you mean. Well, they've reorganised... Is it Chichester Extra? Yes, it is. It is extra, yes. Mm. It is. Um, they've reorganised the whole of the store, 
and um, it turns out they've done, which is very annoying because geographically you've got to work out the whole layout again. You're looking for your, you know, your, um, I don't know, your Doritos. You can't find them. It's a nightmare. And the reason why is they've just opened up a brand new sushi Tesco's corner, and uh, I got myself a big, uh, is it a plat of uh, sushi, a big, um, a big side order of that. And I took that into the cinema, and it was quite a treat. I enjoyed it greatly. No sweeties. I got myself some cookies, some very small kind of like white chip chocolate chip cookies, but the sushi was. Trebon anime. I'll tell you the other thing I bought that everyone was flocking around like vultures, and I thought once again sucked into the hype like some kind of marketing led zombie. Uh, there were some prime energy drinks in Tesco's. So you took some sushi into the. Um, I what, what did that did. look like? Like what were you carrying? Um, well, I'd very delicately put it in my puma bag at the base, at the bottom. And uh, wandered in, popped it on my lap. Suddenly thought, oh my God, I've actually bought lots of fish. And now I'm opening it up. But luckily it did not f- smell. But at one point I suddenly thought, oh, I don't think I'd better do this. As, as soon as you said you took that in, I was thinking fish. Fish smell. Yeah, luckily it wasn't. It was okay. I got away with it. I said to Ryan, can you smell this? And he said, no, no, no it's fine. Okay. And then how many co- cookies? I just For some reason I just love... It's like it's it's like the famous five thing where they have a picnic. I just love. I get all cosy when you talk about. Oh God, yeah, I love it. How many cookies did you eat? Or how um, many in the box? They were. Um, how many were they? There were about um, six. There weren't. There weren't a massive amount. There weren't massive ones the size of your face. Do you know what? Do you know what? Bought... This is my least least exciting. Um, snacky cinema adventure yeah I, I looked at the sushi then I got myself a prime the new energy drink the KSI KSI energy drink I think I was sucked in by the new Tesco marketing so oh, this is new they've got a new sushi corner type of thing yeah. so the usual, usual sugar fix unfortunately I don't know there was quite a few um the cookies were quite filling after the sushi type of thing. I always think had when a you... large McFlurry afterwards. Oh, okay. I feel better when I know you've had a, like a big old... don't know why. Sugar explosion. I mean, the sushi was a large one. It's going to be said I was pretty full afterwards. But um, sushi is nice. Definitely. I got really into it. Way too expensive, though. How much? It's like 20 quid. There was a lot there. Do you know what I mean? A hell of a lot. Sushi... Sushi, six cushy cookies, and an expensive energy drink. Fucking hell, I've had one of those energy drinks for years. Are you buzzing on that? Um, I, I, it, that prime is a hundred percent marketing. It tastes literally like cough medicine from the nineteen seventies. I don't know what the hype was. I literally. If, What's if it called? What's the energy drink Prime, called? Prime, P-R-I-M-E, and the kids love it. And people fight in stores over it. It's like the tra- it's like the Tracy Island of their era. Do you know when everyone wanted the Thunderbirds, Tracy Island? Prime energy drink contains high levels of synthetic caffeine, which can lead to adverse health effects such as rapid heart rate, heart palpitations, high blood pressure, and potential disruption of sleep patterns. KSI and Paul H- Logan. Is it Logan? Guys, shows how out Logan, the... Logan, Paul and KSI, yeah, yeah. 
God, Logan Paul, right. Well, it's just terrible that I just don't know these people's names. I'm just such a dinosaur now, you know what I mean? But um, they basically, it's their drink, they market it, and they only, they use the marketing technique where they make it very exclusive. They've only got a certain amount out on the shop floor. So when it's there, people literally go into, like, Wolverine mode and just, like, battle over it. Says it should be avoided by children under 18 years old. Well, my nephew quaffs it like Brian Blessed quaffs red wine out of a goblet. Do you know what I mean? He just has it 24-7. He's always swigging away. And everyone goes out of their way to get it for him. Because he collects all the bottles. Like he's a stamp collector from the 50s. Do you know what I mean? It's just uh, like an Alan Bennett character. Is it sticky? Sticky green fluid? Uh, I don't think the one I had was. Mine was like a blue... And it just tasted horrific, absolutely awful. Really, but really quite grim. How many people in the? How many people watching last night? Was it busy? No, really was. I'd say a quarter were there, and it's got very good reviews, rightly so. Because I mean, for a turtle movie, it's really not bad. I mean, I would say it's the best turtle film I've seen. It was very character development focused. The plot was very much. Um, influenced by you know actually giving each of the turtles a character oh, i sound ridiculous the way i'm praising this film but it's, it's gonna no, be said that you know no, not at all it's it's not for me it's for a younger audience but i would say it was well put together really well animated very much spider-verse influence they got actual teenagers to do the voices of the turtles which isn't usually the case you could tell it was the guys who'd made super bad it had that right to passage feel to it um if we could just take a sidestep, and I wouldn't mind asking you very quickly, how are, how are Barbie and Oppenheimer doing? Oh, incredibly well. Are they? Yeah, Barbie is definitely on its way to... Barbie has gone over the $500 million mark, and it's moving. In, it will definitely make a billion. And considering Oppenheimer is three hours long, so that means you can't have as many showings in the cinema... Secondly, it's not any well-known IP like Barbie. It's a three-hour biopic, and it's just men in rooms talking. And that's that's gone on to to make an enormous amount of money. It won't make the same amount of money as Barbie, but considering it's going to make hundreds upon hundreds of million, and um, it's already in profit, it's got its advertising back and its budget back. So, yeah, both of them are massive, massive hits. Yeah, they're, they're the two big hits of the year. Certainly goes without saying. Well, David, thank you very much for this week's new movie news. I like, I, I love that you do new movie news. I bloody love that you've got your finger on the pulse. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. No, I mean it. You've got to keep your finger on the pulse. If not, you're a ghost of the past. Thank you very much, David. And uh, I'll see you um, after this little sting. Goodness me, a sting. (laughs) Are you joking? Or will there be a sting there? Well, there's a little, you know, there's a little buffer. There's a little bit of music here. Oh, wonderful. Goodness me, I'm surrounded by stings. I've never had that before. That's exciting. David Edwards Movie News So David, have you got any movie news this week? Yes, um, some interesting movie news Oh god, it's like these European directors they really stumped me with their names Nicholas Refin 
Winding. Winding. Nicholas Reffin Winding, who did, um, the, the, he's well known for very adult centric, um, art house cinema primarily focused work. So he did like the Pusher drug dealer movies. He like did Drive, drive. yeah, oh. with Ryan Gosling. That's the main one he did, definitely. Bronson with Tom Hardy. He's announced his next project, which is going to be a big reboot of Enan Blyton's Fantastic, uh, Famous Five, not Fantastic, Famous Five. What? So everyone's like, where is this going? So what? it's a bit of a shock. I know, very bizarre, but that's what he's doing next. Doing Famous Five? He's doing Enan Blyton's Famous Five. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I don't know what. I've literally just do- read all the books. Have you really? Oh, yeah, we've done about six. six I think there's like famous six Famous Five, and there's about 80, story, 80 stories in each book. Is that right? No, three stories in each book. I remember reading them all, definitely. What's he going to do there? I don't know if it's going to it be for like... children? A- Is it not? I don't know if it's going to be an ironic, hard-boiled one. You know, kind of like a more modern ghetto vibe. I do not know. But I, I get the vibe that it's it's for kids, yes. That's, Maybe he's got, got children now. in the Dorset countryside or wherever it is. You've got to do it like that. Don't change it. Oh, yeah, I don't know if he's in some way he's going to give, him, give it his own twist. Because, I mean, he's a real auteur. And, and there's going to be racism and sexism in it and everything. Maybe he'll he'll do an interesting twist on that. Do you know what I mean? He'll he'll do some kind of like social commentary, a bit like Barbie, a more modern spin on young people growing up in a more diverse, multicultural world type of thing. I don't know. Oh, I hope, it, I hope he creates a wonderful little treehouse or sort of where they gather to devise that. I think you know, at the very least, it's going to have some mad editing and montage and be quite visceral. You know, visually quite. There's going to be an experimental mode to it, because if not, why get him involved? Because the whole idea is that he's got this unique visual flair to it. Everything's got that dreamlike, usually hyper-violent, you know, shanking a a gypsy behind a caravan, if it was like something like uh, shanking. I think that's a prison term for stabbing a man with a homemade weapon type of thing, which is more in keeping with uh, his style of filmmaking. So, I mean, God knows, yeah, it, the mind boggles. I think he's got kids now. If you have to put... Ah, uh, has he? Yes, he has. So maybe that's turned his head, you know. Right. I think he... I Right. I don't think he'll make a violent move if he's got little kiddies. I, I, I do not think it'll be violent, but I think it'll have some kind of modern twist. I think it will have some eccentricity to it do you know what I mean Something. once again it's like the whole Greta Gerwig Barbie element you know getting this kind of art house indie director taking an IP over many many years and then doing something new and distinctive so you get an older audience attracted by the director and then a younger audience attracted by the actual IP title Krusty Skennington says not sure we can say gypsy anymore David Ab- absolutely traveller a travelling man a man with a moving postcode gets stabbed by a teenager with a sharpened spoon. That's yeah, more does that, does that make you happy now, Krusty? But it's all important that we're all happy in this world. It's vital that that is the case. I'm more than happy to make any man happy. But that sounds dodgy alone, but moving on. Happy to a certain degree, as long as we've both got our dignity afterwards. 
last bit of moving news, sort of moving on. <clears throat> if you could put some other stings in there, that'd be hugely appreciated. Just, uh, it's a shame stings don't exist in reality. Oh, what, um, what if there is a scene where they're fucking shanking a... A donkey or some kind of no, traveller's... traveller's donkey behind there. No, he won't ruin the famous vibe like that. I don't think... I think the IP's just worth too much, isn't it? Okay, more movie news. Simon Pegg has announced that he and Edgar Wright will be um, making another film together. Apparently they've had brainstorm meetings and they've come up with uh, potential concepts and they just need to book time to actually sit down in a room together and start writing. And apparently it's going to have nothing to do with the Cornetto trilogy and it's not going to be a clever spin or pastiche on all the existing genres. And it's not going to be about man-childs either. They're going to go into fresh territory, but they're definitely going to be um, writing something together and producing something very soon. So, you know, for Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg fans, that's got a lot of hope. Um, are you potential. an Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg fan? Yeah, back in the day, certainly. I mean, it's a while since they, they did something together, but I was a big... What was um, the last thing they did together? Was it World's End? World's End, absolutely, yeah. The end of the Cornetto trilogy with Nick Frost. That was the the, uh, the third one they did. Uh, the other thing that um, I think would definitely interest you, are you a Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright fan? Oh, I absolutely... Um... I love space. Oh, God, yeah, massively. I sort of missed the boat with Shaun of the Dead, but when I did watch it, I thought, oh, I've got sort of gone back to it a few times and watched it. It's so, so entertaining, isn't it? Oh, God, it's incredibly good. The other one that's um, of interest, definitely, is um, uh, Studio Ghibli. Um, oh, yeah, he's got a new one out, hasn't he? That Absolutely. And it's doing very well in the cinema, and it got zero marketing. Uh, How Do You Live, it's called. Um, internationally, it's called The Boy and the Heron. And um, it got zero marketing because just his name is enough for it to come out. And that's doing very well in the cinema. Uh, that would be his final one, wasn't it? Well, the thing is, he constantly says it's his final one, isn't it? Yeah, but, he's but ni- isn't he 94? Right, okay. So I guess time is ticking now. It's amazing yeah. that he's managed to do this one. But, I mean, with all the Barbenheimer um, hype, that's definitely worth checking oh, out. What, the Barbieheimer? Uh, yeah, hype. They call it Barbheimer. Do they? Yes, because um, the idea was you watched each film, both films, back to back the weekend it came out, hence why it's done so well at the box office. Right. So it's like a TikTok meme type of thing. It's like one of these kind of viral kind of trends that just grew out of like, you know, um, uh, TikTok interaction, sort of like bringing out these videos and daring people to watch them. It's like when people wore DJs, um, you know, proper uh, sort of uh, tuxedos when watching Minions last year. And then people started actually making more of a have thing been, of going to cinema. Have you ever watched the Rocky Horror Show live? I've never seen it live, have you? I, yeah, I, I was taken when I was sort of 18, 19, and I felt very uncomfortable. Really? Why is that? Because there were men wearing fishnetted... Netted, yeah, uh, and for, I'm stockings. pretty sure a, a friend, a family friend, like a friend of my mum and dad, they went as a family, and the dad was wearing fishnet stockings, and I couldn't believe what I was looking at, and I wanted to get out of that theatre pronto. Very intense, isn't it? That's and quite Have a think of like your mum and dad and their, one of their closest friends, and then you go to the theatre, and he turns up 
in sexy leather pants. And it's, oh, hi, yeah, we love Rocky Hero. Yeah. For him, that was probably his best evening of the entire year. Exploding outside, out of the closet, doing what he wants to do. Getting out of his kind of like uh, horrific office suit. I had an office cleaning job once when I was about 21, 22. Evening job. And my, um, my boss sort of looked after these two or three offices. She said to me one, she told me one night um, that she got home from work and her husband was walking around the flat in her sort of underwear and stuff. God, you know, I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories, Pete. It's a lot more common. Split, that. split them up. enough to split a whole relationship up. I don't think it was on the rocks anyway. Like a Freddie Mercury music video, basically. God, I guess people, we're all looking for that thrill, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? That that midlife crisis type of thing. It is quite a, um, quite a handful. I was reading um, um, uh, the Aneem Fleming. Random movie generator, by the way. It is. It's interesting stuff. It's got to be said. I mean, I don't want to go too too much off subject, but I was reading about um, Ian Fleming's midlife crisis in a biography recently, and the stuff he got up to was absolutely insane. He was really into S and M and um, uh, just endless affairs. The other thing is, in the nineteen fifties, which is insane, was he was um, a journalist for the Sunday Times, and um, he would review brothels, which was just insane. I didn't know they even did that. They were called them sex clubs and stuff. But I mean, um, and he had gonorrhea consistently. The Ian Fleming books, it's like, um, and also would dress up and um, explore sexuality with all genders and things in that vein, which for us isn't a big deal. But back in the 50s, it's like, you know, cowabunga, to reference the turtles again. That really is thinking outside the box. But you realise that... um, (laughs) (laughs) Lovely little callback. Indeed, yeah, they would uh, keep it in franchise. But, I mean, Ian Fleming really was the dark soul of James Bond. Well, sort of thing. Satchel says, you can hear that in his writing, though. There's a lot of torture in his work. Oh, a hell of a lot. Beautiful comment, Alistair. Do you know what? I think um, people's interest in dressing up in women's clothes, a lot of people on Drunken Nights have revealed it to me. A lot of people have, have said it's something they just... I think some people just like the thrill of it. It's just like, look at me, this is outrageous. And it's an easy thing to do. you got the house to yourself. I'm more of a bowl of granola and just going to Netflix mode. Do you know what I mean? When you've got the flat to yourself. But it's a case of... Um, yeah, I think I think a lot more people are in it than than you actually think. That feeling of like a lady silk lavender smell on the old... Uh, on the old... Abs- Absolutely. That crazy got a buzz that did when you blew on the old um, mic. Well, I've got to read out what Dave, uh, John Bone wrote here. Well, thank you, David, for this week's fetish news. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the worrying thing is I go into fetish news without knowing it. Well, 
it's you awkward, can't, though, you can't it? help but go down that little alleyway, can you? It, it's Lovely just dark. Alleyway. It's just bizarre that human beings are just at prey to their desires, isn't it? It must have been hideous when his wife came in. Why are you early? I don't know. Oh, they just I don't said know I could... if he was like that. It's probably, oh, oh, Vanessa, what are you doing, Brian? I, t- <laughs> I imagine it's like that. Oh, yeah, just filled with confusion. Or, or quite angry. So, like, oh, I don't know. If you saw to my needs, I wouldn't have to start dressing up in your Laura Ashley. Oh, it's the woman's fault. Oh, sometimes, sometimes. Not that I'm taking Brian's point of view. It's a very misogynistic one. But when your back's up against the wall, you try and find the, uh, you try and shoot a new messenger, don't you? It's like, you know, I can't imagine baby. Naomi coming in from uh, shopping and I'm walking around in her knickers. I don't know. Would she have a contemporary outlook? Well, she well, right. some, Let me really try and imagine she you. comes through the door. I think laughter. <laughs> Immediate confusion. She can see in my face. What's going on? I don't know. Not what's, what's going on. What are you doing? <sighs> Why are you wearing... I think it'll be a lot of silence. A lot of processing what what she's seeing in her little... And then leave the room, or...? Maybe. Maybe to get some fresh air, get in the car and just go for a drive. Do you know the worst thing in this whole scenario would be um, having to then take the clothes off and hang them up in the cupboard, getting ready to go downstairs to have a conversation, just silently taking it all off? Hanging it up. I mean, do I put these now in a black bin bag or do I hang them up? Do I just burn them on the barbecue? What do I do? But just silently going through the mundane task of putting your normal clothes back on, your joggers, bottoms and your, you know, I don't know, your U2 tour t-shirt or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Back into your normal wear. You're back to Peter Parker. You're not Spider-Man anymore. And um, that'd be quite horrific. Because, I mean, having to talk to your wife after that, yeah. Thank you so much, David, for this week's movie news. Yeah, sorry about that. We went from That's movies to fetches. David Edwards' movie review. Okay, so this week's movie review is Eyes Without a Face, which Mandy randomly Mandy chose you to review. Hi, Mandy. Uh, uh, yeah, we, I've oh. got a new boyfriend. Oh, congratulations. Did you know that, David? No, she's kept me out of the loop once again. Please reveal all. She's got a new boyfriend. Kept you out of the loop. A new machine pretending to be a male do you mean not a human ma- Who is man your new boyfriend with, with flesh and biological systems one of those mini hoovers one of those mini hoovers there you go i can't be jealous hand. over a mini hoover so that's fine move on not that i'll be jealous anyway ones. well that's a bit smaller so i don't quite know what you better have a, you can't hug a hand vacuum what's cleaner, it got to do with you just said what's it got to do with you absolutely nothing all I can do is stand on the sidelines and tut shake my head and look up at the ceiling but it's got nothing to do with me 
So this week's movie review was Eyes Without a Face. Eyes Without a Face, a film rather worryingly I wasn't aware of really, but when I started seeing um, the opening images, suddenly it, it I, I, I recognised the main female character in it, Christine, and um, it all made sense to me. But when it was first mentioned to me, I didn't have a clue what it was. But the imagery is clearly very iconic because, like, oh, this all rings a bell. Uh, to me now this is a a horror is it from the 1960s it is it's a horror from the 1960s um okay before you sorry david before you go everybody place your bets on out of how many how many chalk ices david's gonna give this so just a little game absolutely you've got to put money on the table to make anything interesting okay go for it david um so this came out the same year as psycho and um you can see i'd say i mean psycho is very modern oh god when you look at psycho again it's so up to date and modern and fresh oh man 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 i i watch psycho at least once a year and um it's so fast moving quick pace the music the editing um the character motivations the opening twists it feels like um it could be on netflix today it's in no way dated and also i'll tell you another thing i saw recently again is northwest northeast northeast northwest north by north by northwest yeah there you go horror that was a the film's not horror but my inability to remember titles is and uh, <clears throat> have you what me getting words wrong or the film or both <laughs> both absolutely both no, the film. Um, no no either way it'd be um it'd be fine but it's a case of um north by northwest you can tell that is the format for james bond and i've never realized it before hitchcock had made james bond no. it's literally even the opening of the um the, the credits by Sawbass, um the guy who did a lot of storyboards for hitchcock the one an artist it's got a james bond flair carrie grant's basically bond an american bond the set pieces that was, I, I swear to god cubby broccoli took ian fleming's novels and Hitchcock's spy thriller vibe, and then um, blurred them together. You look at a lot of early Hitchcock stuff, it's amazing. But you can definitely see um, Psycho came out in 1960. This also came out in, in 1960. And um, in some ways, I would say it's even more modern than Psycho, though. I would say it's even more before its time. So we've just given, like, Hitchcock a dollar per praise. But I would perhaps give this, um, you know maybe a, uh, an extra dollop on top okay you know I mean? so how did you feel sitting down to watch it and i'm guessing you read you looked up reviews of this before having a look i didn't i kept myself did pure really? as a virgin absolutely i was wearing like a a white silk uh 90 100 oh, yeah once again we're going into kind of um uh you know sex news what did we call it earlier uh Fetish news, that's a lot more appropriate. So, yeah, so sorry, how did you feel sitting down to watch this? A lot of people in the YouTube chat box seem to know it and recognise it. And I thought, I'm out of the loop here a bit, you know what I mean? And when I started looking at the imagery, I was like, oh, this is very iconic. I do recognise this from, like, film textbooks. But, um... I was very much like, oh, God, here we go. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, Dave. And I got into it, 
straight away. The opening imagery and credits, it's got this kind of crazy, wacky circus-style music, and it immediately had a far more modern feel to it, and it sucked me in very, very quickly. Like her new boyfriend. Oh, God. Yeah, it, I mean... Um, He's laughing. You know, not that... I'm, I'm, I think it was a well-timed gag. You, you're feeding back to what we looked at earlier, but I'm just saying, oh, God, in the sense that I just know it's going to be another failed relationship with Mandy. Okay, all right, okay. I know that's a toxic thing to say, but I'm just forecasting some really bad uh, relationships. Get on um, with your review. I'm seeing a relationship get on with them. your review. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'll get my nose out of your cake. So what's it about, I, David? It basically, really nice narrative in the sense that... Um, uh, a doctor has a daughter and um, he's in a car. There is a crash. He's in, um, he is responsible for the car crash and it leaves his daughter severely um, disfigured in her face, mm. almost like a um, Frankenstein character um, or, you know, the doctor who creates Frankenstein. He um, becomes obsessed. Dr. Frankenstein, well said. He becomes obsessed we're trying to actually uh, create a facial transplant to help his daughter because she's living in the house hiding because she's so disfigured. And, uh, it, do you see her disfigured? At one point you do, yes. And it's kind of like a blurred POV shot. You see wow. it from like someone's perspective. And he's, he's getting victims. And then he's um, surgically operating on them. He's to try victims? Well, he's killing yeah. people. Yes, he's basically abducting people to try and um, find different people. So he's, he's working, he's not working legitimately at all. So he can experiment on these women to see if he can actually take their faces and then put them on his daughter. So it's got a very dark element to it. And at the same time, the daughter is stuck in this house with this really eerie mask that she wears. So you only see it briefly every now and then, a disfigured face. And she's feeling more and more guilt that what her father's doing to help her uh, refine her identity and face. But it will never be her face. It'll be somebody else's. And there's lots of um, okay, let's, let's, let's of have a little listen. Develop. Let's have a little listen to a bit of eyes without... A face. Please do, sir. Please do. Christian, la chissa. La chissa. How many sittings? Um, it was two sittings I had. Because the 
at times the pace is slow that's one thing that certainly has dated uh, unlike psycho which has got a far more is modern the pace pacer. so slow that you have to get up and do something or is are you the problem I would say at times I am the problem, and I'll happily put my hand up and admit that, but I would say that the average modern-day viewer would find the pace for this at times too slow. How long is This it? one, uh, it is, I have the duration here. Um, I haven't got the duration here, actually. That's annoying. I think it's about an hour, it was about an hour and a half. It wasn't crazy duration time. So 88 um, minutes? 88 minutes. Uh, an hour and a half is 90 minutes. No, no, was it 88 minutes? I think I remember someone... I think you did, saying, someone in the YouTube um, yeah. box did say 88 minutes. Wow, so I wasn't going to sit slow. through that. So that feels like it must drag a fair bit. Not massive. You've got to remember, it was it was only, it was two sittings, so I got up. I still watched it that afternoon. I just got myself a drink and went back down and sat down. It's 90 so minutes. Oh, 90 minutes, there we yeah. go. Um, so, um... It, you know, sometimes, I mean, what did I watch last week? Uh, Extraction, although I think like, Extraction, I watched that in one hit. That was a one sitting, yeah. Which is a bit embarrassing because this is a lot more to uh, to chew on how, than Extraction. How, how long time between the two sittings? Oh, I'd say 10, 15 minutes, not long. I was happy to go back after having a little breather and got myself some hot chocolate. Okay. So, I mean, the pacing, is there a lot of the time to create atmosphere? And uh, but sometimes it is a bit slow burning. Um, but you are right. If I was in a cinema, I'd have happily just sat through it. I don't think I'd have been that kind of twitchy. But I think your average modern viewer would find the pace slightly slow. But I mean, there are some definite great moments. The black and white cinematography is very atmospheric. Great use of shadow and lighting. The performance by the daughter, where she primarily wears a mask a lot of the time, is incredibly good. You still get a sense of vulnerability and personality for her body language and her big eyes that you see through the mask. Um, very modern use of music. This kind of freaky circus music at the beginning. And as I say, the cinematography is really good. Lots of haunting melodies. And it's not an obvious horror film. It's not just filled with gore. You know, it's lots about atmosphere and creating far more subtle tension. Mm -hmm. And there's um, you get a nice, there's a nice character arc. I won't spoil the ending, but there is that nice kind of character development with the daughter at the end and a relationship with the father. Definitely. One thing that is dated is that you see the father doing surgery on people's faces don't get me wrong in some ways that does work because it's quite dark and sinister but every now and then there are the odd shots of the surgery which look very dated now the um the special effects aren't great you think do you did you need to even see that i think just having off camera works but there's times where the blood looks more like chocolate sauce which they did have also in psycho but for some reason hitchcock pulled that off more effectively I bet they got you licking your lips, didn't it? The little chocolate sauce. They certainly did it. It had a, a Nutella vibe to it. Do you eat Nutella? I love it. I absolutely love it. i tell you the one I really like. What's that one called? Bikoff. Bikoff. Um, oh, no, I've got the name wrong. It's it's the name Bitkoff. It's the name of a really good subject. I've really got off subject. No, I asked about the Nutella. Stuart Bit, Bitkoff cho chocolate? Yes, that's it, and it's based on the biscuits. Yes, it's and it's coffee. 
yeah, Biscoff Inn. It's incredibly nice. And they do McFlurries of them now at the moment, which I had one last night post Ninja Turtle. And it really ticked my sugar box craving <laughs> requirements. But um, that's the kind of um, blood special effects we're looking at. And it just took me out of the film. But um, as I say, than that, some very tense moments and some nice twists really? as well. Gen- genuine tense moments. Especially her. She wanders around with this kind of horrific um mask on that's just um this but at the same time there's a lot of emotion going on there and she's not just a freak you do empathize with her situation but as i say every now and then it's atmospheric but there were parts during the second act where it did um lag a little hence i got up to have a hot chocolate okay david now's the time for you to uh, rate Eyes without a face. Um, you're given five chalk ices, and you have to choose how many chalk ices you're going to hand over to the movie Eyes Without a Face. I think everyone has. Uh, I think everyone has guessed. Uh, I would say. Should I say now? Here we go. I would so say, David. So David, how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give Eyes Without? face a very comfortable four chalk ices will leave the fridge oh wonderful wonderful okay 100% pleasantly surprised then when you watch this absolutely I'd say um, uh, in places slightly slow pacing at times the, the special effects took me out of it because they're a bit very dated in places but i mean you know is that their fault really you remember it's the 60s but as you rightly say i'm going to come away with my opinion do you know what i mean um that some aspects of it are dated but maybe a more cineast view of it would be you should need to look at it through the lens of a 1960s viewer could we hear professor charkin's view of eyes without a face this film is without doubt a five out of five absolute genius success it even casts a shadow upon the uh, rather big boned figure of Mr Hitchcock it has a certain je ne sais quoi French appeal that only the Hollywood would aspire to it makes you not just uh, fear and shudder in horror but then allow your tear ducts to dance and spray uh, water across the cinema screen as it makes you not just fear for the main character as a monster, but later empathise for her very, very relatable situation. This is cinema of its greatest element where it turns one's soul into a violin and creates great orchestral music from it. Thank you, Mr. Charkins. Thank you for listening. And thank you, David. No, thank you. Thank you very much. No, thanks for your time and your heart, and your, you know. Let me just read out what's people in the <coughs> YouTubers. Um, Gareth Davis says, smells like a three, so he got it wrong. Uh, Martin Baldwin said, four chocolate. He's sticking with a three. Wow, this is in reaction to your wow, yes, H. Musler, wow. Gareth Davis is in Kermode's top 20 films ever, apparently. Um, yes, I um, I heard about that afterwards. I didn't look at any reviews uh, beforehand. And um, 
I heard that um, it was one of Kermode. So I was a bit embarrassed that I kind of, as soon as I saw Christine wearing her nighty and that mask, I was like, oh, I've, you know, this, I recognize this. You know, this is iconic. But um, certainly, um, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm a bit embarrassed. I haven't seen it really. It, it's got really good moments whereby. Uh, every now and then you see a character in shot, then they'll leave shot and the camera will just be filming the empty scene. And that created a really unsettling vibe. And that was very you know eerie. I did last night. Oh, yes. I went to a haunted castle on my own. Wow. That's amb- ambitious on your own. What inspired that? For Chatterbix. I had to wow. walk down like third of a mile road through these tall fir trees. I was absolutely cacking myself. Absolutely cacking myself. I bet. Right up to the front of the castle. It's one of the most haunted um, buildings. Was Joe on the phone when you were doing it? Yeah. Wow, man, I look forward to that podcast. That's a really good idea for a podcast. Yeah, I I mean, uncomfortable, but... Yeah. That sounds great. Honestly, I mean, that's an idea I, for a I, I series. I house going, yeah, I'm just going to, I'll see you in about an hour or so. Okay, bye. And then I got there. I was like, oh, fuck. And the gate was shut and I had to, so I was like, oh, no. It was getting really murky, gloomy. I had to walk from the gate, the shut, the locked gate, down this long path through the trees. And then, Bear, um, what's it called? Berry Pomeroy Castle sort of appeared. Oh, shit in mine. What time was it? How late was it? Because it gets dark quite late now, Quarter doesn't it? Ten, ten to ten. Jesus. Do you know, on so many levels, that's a great idea for, like, a podcast drama as well. Someone well, doing a podcast in a Ian haunted... Bo- Ian Boldsworth's done it. Oh, he has done it. Yes, yeah. he has. Yeah. I think he promised at one point for Brian Gittins to go on, like, a haunted house tour, didn't it? It never happened, unfortunately. But you are right. But yeah, God, I look forward to that. Um, no supernatural happenings. I didn't see anything, but uh, Joe's got the video and he said him and his wife looked back at it last night and they saw a figure in the window. Thank you so much, David, for this wow. week's movie review. Wow, as well. Look, look forward to that podcast. David Edwards Movie Tips. Okay, so have you got any movie tips this week, David? Do you know what? I really have got a movie tip this week. Netflix have got some, um, they've uploaded some new films, not new ones, but slightly dated ones. And I watched one that came out in 2010, I believe. I think that's the right date. And um, I remember enjoying it in the cinema, but bloody hell, man, I watched it recently and I loved it. And it's Richard Iodes. Um, have I pronounced his surname correctly? Richard Iodes. Um, debut film submarine and that's really that's really good. have you seen it, that no i haven't no it's really good really good do you know what i saw it at um the brighton um cine world and i had a few drinks beforehand nothing crazy and i think it dulled me a bit in the cinema and um it's almost like a kind of it's like adrian mole meets peep show it's got um a david mitchell uh, Mark Corrigan voiceover, but with a kind of more whimsical vibe. 
It's really well shot. The home they live in um, is so well set designed. It's got a kind of Wes Anderson vibe, but Richard Iodi brings his own trademark style to it. And it's just um, very relatable kind of like secondary school elements in there. The uh, the romance he has with um, the girl, a female figure in the, in the, in the piece is, um, you know, it's got a really nice rites of passage aspect to it. But it just really reminded me of, um, it's Peep Show meets Adrian Mole with a Wes Anderson mix, which is a fantastic cocktail. It's, it's great. It really is. What I just made, thought, what made hell, you watch man. it? What made you watch that then? I remember. Um, you watch, thinking, sorry, did you watch it this week? Yeah, on Netflix. It's on Netflix. They've literally uploaded it on Netflix. Arctic Monkey does all the music. One thing I'm amazed is Richard Iodi is actually he's going to direct his third film very soon. But I'm amazed there's such a gap between he did that then he did a double with um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, which is also once again about alienation and the underdog. It's a lot more art house cinema, a lot more experimental. It's still very good. Tim Key's really good in the double as well. But um, it's amazing there's such a long patch between this and his third movie. I think perhaps they make these kind of like quirky character pieces less and less. Maybe have problems financing. Because he, sort of, he turned into a TV presenter on Channel 4 for a long period. And don't get me wrong, he's, he's very entertaining on screen. But honestly, check out Submarine. It really is very, very good. It laugh out loud moments, really well edited. It's almost, it's got a real French new wave, kind of lots of jump cuts, clever editing. DDD PPP says, like a British Rushmore-ish. Definitely, 100%. DDD PPP, you got your finger on the polls, Captain. That's a beautiful description. And that just turns my 15-minute waffle into a little um, variety pack or cocoa pops box you know that song called ddd ppp that you wrote in the week could you see yes could you sing it to him now ddd ppp aka dangerous dancing peaceful pete's here he comes wandering down the street it's dangerous dancing peaceful pete i blow him a kiss he can see i'm in love with pete dangerous dancing peaceful pete Walking down the pavement of my street. Simple as that. But like, submarine, definitely. Um, yeah. Are you? I can see you're genuinely infused. I infused, was really. Yeah. I think the set designs of the home are amazing as well. It's just like, um, honestly, have you seen Rushmore as well or not? No. No. Rushmore, submarine. Fudging love those films, amigo. Yeah. Definitely check those out. And submarine really, really good. And also the other thing with Rich Iodi, he'd obviously done um, some Arctic Monkey music videos before this, but I would say a real cinematic talent. Really? Yeah, massively. You watch that. He wrote that. Uh, yeah, sorry, I know, yeah. Calm down. Calm down, though. Don't be aggressive about it. But I think the thing is, the more and more you realise how hard it is to put a film together. Thank you very much, David, for this week's movie tip thank you for enjoying the tip
Okay, David, here we are. It's um, it's the random movie generator section, and Mandy is absolutely rumbling in the background. Um, you, you gave last week's one a four star, so do you feel like you were given a nice little film to chew on last week? So absolutely i i went at both of them have been a nice extraction i thought it was going to be like um comfort food i wasn't going to be amazed but i mean extraction i'm not going to take that film to the grave with me but um it was better than what i thought the only thing that annoyed me with extraction is it's just dumped on netflix that's worthy of a cinema visit that was i mean it's not the greatest film you're ever going to watch uh, i wouldn't go and watch it on imax but um when it comes to action cinema, it was definitely, there was some great hand-to-hand combat moments. I do sound like quite a frustrated, uh, violent, hungry man during this pod, don't I? Which is a bit worrying. It's all right, we all are. Uh, Deep down. Okay, so let's choose the genre of the first movie that you might be reviewing next week. Please take your time and feel it. Stop. Western. Wonderful. Now the decade. Stop. 1950s. Oh dear. There we go. It could be John Wayne, you never know. It could be the searchers. You <laughs> can't hide it. Oh dear. Let's go for it. Okay. Mandy, please generate four Western movies from the 1950s. Maddie has. Now as she's spinning around in the belly of her body, please tell Mandy when to stop. Stop. Seven brides for seven brothers. That sort of rings a bell. Is that a John Ford film? Comedy drama western. Jane Powell, Howard Keel, Jeff Richards, Russ Tamblin. I mean, I've never really heard of it. I hope I can find it to watch. But I said that about last week's, and I was revealed to be quite a um, ignoranus with that one. A bit of an uncultured fool. It turned out to be quite a classic psychological thriller. Okay, let's pick the second movie, which you might be reviewing next week please take your time stop history like like a bit of history his his story isn't it his story his story yeah which Uh, is very sexist they want to change that in a woke world don't they please choose the decade it should be our story sorry I'm getting lost there Oh, so, uh, stop. I was still thinking about his story. Yeah, no, sorry. 1950s. Yeah. Oh, for fudge sake. Goodness me. History from the 50s. What's that going to be? Macbeth or something? <laughs> okay. This isn't looking good for me at all. Mandy has generated four his, his, history movies from the 1950s. And now it's your turn to tell her when to stop spinning those movies. Stop. Hiroshima, more and more. That could be interesting. Especially after Oppenheimer, 
which was only a few weeks ago. That'd be quite a nice. Um, uh, what's the word? Hiroshima. Hiroshima. I'd about to say quite a good um, bed friend or whatever the word is. Do you know what I mean? It's like a sort of you know follow-up film after that. Okay, let's pick the third movie that you might be reviewing next week. Please, let's choose the genre. Stop. Science fiction. Now we're back in my wheelhouse. And now let's choose the decade. Take your time and feel it. Fucking mental, 1950s. Well, there's a lot more hope for Cypher in the 1950s. A lot more. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot more, because um, that was a bit of a breakthrough era for science fiction. It was the beginnings of it being less pulp and wandering into a more realistic dimension. But we shall see, sir. Mandy has generated four science fiction movies from the 1950s. It's now time for you to tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. 20,000 leagues under the sea. I'd be very interested in that. I think that's a Disney one, isn't it? Do you know David Fincher was going to do 20,000 leagues under the sea with Brad Pitt starring as the captain? But um, the budget was too high. And it was deemed too dark in content, but the script was supposed to be very, very good. It was going to be his Star Wars, if you like. His, like, sort of summer blockbuster action-adventure film. Okay, so, I uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Hiroshima Monomore, and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I have given them an A, a B, and a C. I have jumbled them up, or have I? And now it's time for you to choose blindfoldedly which movie you will review next week. Is it going to be A, B, or C? A. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You know, I'm going to be a marked man next week because I've been dodging bullets left, right, and centre the last three weeks. What do you mean? In the sense that, um, well, sorry, I, 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 with the sense that I've, I've come away with films that I wanted each week. But having said that, last week wasn't the film I wanted, but it turned out to be good. So that that isn't true. But I'm just thinking that, um, well, none of them fill me with absolute joy out, out of those three. But out of, you know, out of all three of them, I think that's the best one out of the three. Yeah, Twin that, that's the one that interests you the most, yeah? Yes, 100%. Okay, okay, well... But you never know in this game, do you? I mean, I went to see a Ninja Turtle film last night, I couldn't believe it, but um, this 50s one, the Fincher one that I was talking about sounded great, but this is proper Sunday afternoon, Horlicks, Sleeping Labradors, your dad burping fresh from his roast. This is this is Disney. I think this is the Disney-produced one. So it's it's very much uh, family fun. I mean, I'm looking at images of it. It looks lovely. Looks lovely. Isn't, um, who plays Captain Nemo? Someone quite big, isn't it? Kirk Douglas. 
Was what it is Kirk it? Oh, I don't, wonderful. Well, I don't know who plays who. Kirk Douglas is in it. I don't it know. does frustrate me because that, that um, I keep banging on about David Fincher's. Well, I get stuck on subjects, don't I? It's either guns in supermarkets or or David Fincher films, one or the other. Kirk Douglas, um, James Mason, Paul Lucas. Wonderful. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Thank you so much, David. Are you up for answering some Patreon questions? 100%. Absolutely raring to go. Let's <sighs> get interacting with the exclusive circle of cineasts. Thank you very much, everybody, for um, uh, listening to uh, Random Movie Generator this week. Please, 100%, thank you. Please rate it wherever you listen to your pod. Please rate it and... Uh, Leave a nice review and um, subscribe and, I don't know, put posters up around your village telling people well, all about it. If you can get posters up around the village, I never thought of that. Definitely yeah. do that. Use your photocopier at work. Yes. If your boss gets annoyed, you know, um, I'll send them an email to say why you're doing it. But let's really, um, let's really get, keep it going because it just helps my mental health. It really does, which is just invaluable. It's invaluable, yeah. that. It just well, gives me dopamine. Thank you very much, David, and I shall see you in the Patreon shed. Absolutely, I'll see you there in a second. Cheers, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, thanks for your time. Bye, bye.